everyone, and welcome to Candidly Single Mom. I am Janine, your host, and I am so excited, super, super excited, because I have an amazing single mom on, um, Akima Robertson. She is um, someone that I met at church, I won't even say how many years ago, but we sang on the choir together at church in Greenville, South Carolina, and then, of course, I moved away. Um, from all of my friends and people that I consider family. And um, and I have just been following her over the years and she's been doing amazing things. But the one thing that is important and why we're talking today is that she is a fellow single mom. So, hey, Akima, how are you today? Hello, I am wonderful. How about yourself? All is well. And I just want to say thank you so much for being on, for agreeing to come on and sharing your story. And so in this episode, we really just want to talk about your story, how you became a single mom, and um, just talk about single parent life for you okay. and what it looks like, you know, just your journey. So if you want to start, you've got the floor. Wow. So how did I become a single mom? Well, Janine, when I first met you, I was a single mom of one child. But during the course of, I think, maybe the first year of knowing you, I met a guy, we got married, and um, immediately I was pregnant. So the first year of marriage, it was great. It was awesome on top of the world. Mm-hmm. Um, going into year number two, about six, about a week and a half after our first year anniversary, my then husband got hurt on the job and he developed a traumatic brain injury. So mm. during that, so during that time, I was a, I was a mother of a newborn he had two he had two kids that lived in the home and then i had a daughter that lived in the home so it was a full house so when you add being a caregiver of the provider of the home it ta- it makes it a lot challenging so with a traumatic brain injury we didn't know what was we didn't know what was happening but i knew the dynamic the relationship changed. I didn't understand Mm. what was happening. I was very confused. And one day my then husband told me that he was verbally abusing me. Never heard of verbal abuse. Never, ever, Mm. ever. So Mm. I reached out to um, someone and I, I started recording things that he said because I really didn't understand the feelings that I was feeling. I was feeling confused. Self-esteem was low, was decreased where I used to have a pretty decent self-esteem. It just really died down. Um, So Mm -hmm. I asked an older person um, to listen in and let me know what they think. And she said, no, he's just expressing himself. That's not verbal abuse. I was like, well, he said that he was doing that to me. But um, in a place of loneliness, I was I felt like I was alone. I felt like I couldn't talk to anyone. So I prayed and I said, God, I don't know what to do. I want to leave. I'm scared. I don't have any money. I have a baby. I don't know what to do. So my prayer was, God, that you expose us all, not just him, not just the kids, but all of us, the good the bad and the ugly. And slowly but surely, he started he started bringing things out. Now, in the course of this, um Janine, I'm not sure if you remember this 10-week class that we used to that used to be offered at the church called Healing of the Heart. Yes, yes. So, um one one day it was on a Tuesday when it um Tuesdays were the days that um, healing of the heart took place. And I was asking God for an answer, just something. And um, one of the group leaders put out there, healing of the heart starts tonight. Please join. And um, mm-hmm. 
that was one of that was one of the first times my um then husband actually invested in me and I because I let him know I was desperate I needed this. He pay, he paid mm-hmm. for the class and that's when my journey to healing began and I wasn't even out the door. Well, fast forward um November um weeks well weeks before Thanksgiving of that year um I was talking to someone and I didn't know what was going to happen with my marriage but they could tell that I was suffering so um mm-hmm. my prayer was okay God if you're telling if you're giving me permission to leave I need a way of escape and he really did it um just mm-hmm. to make a long story short I was seven months pregnant with my youngest son and my then husband actually left myself, my daughter and my one year old son at a hospital in another state. So that sounds traumatic, but that was God's way of giving me an opportunity to make a choice. Either I leave and trust God or I stay where I'm at and continue to suffer. So looking at my kids and knowing that I didn't want, I didn't want my daughter to suffer because she suffered the most as well. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't want them to suffer. And the question was asked to me by social workers in the hospital. We have resources, but what do you want to do? And that is when I took the choice to, basically pick up my bed and leave um so i had no money he had my debit card i had nothing i had absolutely nothing but god and my kids so in that moment before i left that hospital i chose peace and because i chose peace my steps were ordered so um my kids and I experienced homelessness for about three weeks, maybe three weeks, but, and, mm-hmm. and it was during Christmas time. So, um, because, because of that and just operating in God and trusting God. So, um, so yes, because, because I trusted God, um, doors were open, um, financial needs were met, um, even to the point where, um and all of that i knew that that my um struggles were gonna be a testimony to other women so i so even through walking through the divorce which it was hard i chose to trust god in all of it and even after that so um now what I'm dealing with right now is um, he's about to be five years old and he was educationally diagnosed with autism, which that's a challenge. And um, my other son, he's, he's dealing with challenges. He has a articulation delay. So it has, um, it has hindered, Dylan, you're doing that again? Yeah. Mm. So, yeah, so so with Judah, the oldest son, he has struggles with um, his speech. So it it does give challenges to him reading, to some writing. So um, a lot of learning is challenging to him because of that. And with King, he, he... He's just one of those sponges. He started spelling his classmates' name. He's been spelling his name. He is obsessed with numbers. Um, he loves to do mm-hmm. multiplication. Um, he even cooks breakfast. Like, wow. literally, breakfast. <laughs> so, yeah, my life is all over Did the place. But would I trade it for Did anything? Absolutely not. Come? Um, I do want to ask, because I know that you said something, and it was the same thing I said, because, of course, I went through a divorce, Mm -hmm. right? 
Um, and, and the fact that I was married for as long as I was Uh knowing that it wasn't a marriage that I should stay in. Um, I had that same question. I said, God, if, if there's a way that you can get me out of this or really it it was okay, God, if I'm supposed to stay with him, Mm -hmm. then show me that path. But if I'm supposed to get out of it, I need a way of escape. And he provided that way of escape for me as well. So it's interesting that you said that. Yes, I'm. I'm telling you, when you like in a place. Yes, buddy. I think we figured it out. <laughs> yes, so it is absolutely amazing when we feel like we have no answers, and God is always there. He's never left us. But when we wholeheartedly cry out to God, like I need you, God, and in an instant He shows up. Yes, it's, it is am, absolutely amazing how when we call on the name of God, how he immediately shows up. And I, I mm-hmm. truly think the entire time he was there, but because we were so stuck in our feelings and so stuck in our emotions, we didn't necessarily know in those moments how to reach out to him. Right, right. And and not understanding um, because when you talk about verbal abuse, right? Mm -hmm. Not understanding that for me, it was not understanding that what I thought was normal was dysfunction in a marriage, but I had been in it so long and it wasn't a verbal abuse. It was emotional abuse, Mm. but I didn't know it. I didn't know what's emotional abuse. You know what I mean? What is that? I had no idea, but it took me getting outside of that and and see what healthy living looks like, you know, a healthy family dynamic looks like in order for me to know what I had was totally dysfunctional. And there was a level of abuse that I was experiencing. So I find it interesting that you said that even though he said he was verbally abusing you, that one, you didn't recognize verbal abuse. You've never heard it. And then two... You actually had someone that you Ma. confided in, Ma. but they didn't see it as Ma. verbal abuse. Yeah. And a lot of times people, Ma. people, I don't Ma. think it's really heard of, even Ma. in the state of South Carolina, Ma. there's no way, yes, mm-hmm. buddy, there's no, in the state of South Carolina, they don't look at um, domestic abuse. Verbal abuse is mm-hmm. not included in domestic right. abuse. So right. the sad part is, I, I'm just being completely transparent. There were a lot of times that I contemplated suicide because I was, mm-hmm. it was really a battle of the mind. It was horrible. Right. It was horrible. But because, the, right. um, now I can say there are, there is help out there, but if you don't if you don't talk to the right person then something that part. terrible could happen to you that part that part it's it's knowing who you can confide in mm-hmm. that knows to not emotionally invest in the situation but more like a mediator that can kind of give you sound Um, And I don't even want to say advice, but just the soundness of mind of saying here, this is what your options are or just to be a sounding board. But Akima, I'm telling you, you like your story um, and not to compare, but there's a lot of similarities because I would confide in my parents. Right. But then my mom had um, some experiences in her marriage and they're still married, but it triggered it triggered her. So she had this whole emotional response. And so she was not really of help. Wow. And then my dad, you know, he's not an emotional person. He wasn't. And then, you know, for me, and and unfortunately I have to say this, but when I go to a pastor or um, church for guidance, I didn't get sound advice either because it was like, stay in the marriage, stay in the marriage. What does the Bible, what does the Bible say? But just like you, Akima, I contemplated, so I actually attempted suicide 
when I was married and I'll get into that in a, in a different podcast, but I was just like you because, um, and you know, people don't understand the gravity of what we've been through mm-hmm. because they have not been in it. Correct. And for us to even tell our stories, I don't think people would fully still understand unless we give them the dirty details. Right. right. But to understand the gravity of what you've been through, like I get it. I get it. It's so much. And then you're a mother and then you are working and he wasn't working and you're trying to take care of the household. And then you have a son that has these uh, additional needs that you have to kind of cater to. And for you, I I can't even imagine like, like I've got chills, like my heart is burning because I I understand. I understand. It's not. So what I can say um, with that, number one, going to um, the church for advice. Now I work at a church and I love my church. Mm-hmm. I support it wholeheartedly. But I feel like um I think as a I feel like as a whole churches don't really know how to support singleness. Right. Because what you hear um <laughs> even with abstaining um until marriage. Don't have sex. Right. Okay, why? But I understand the why, but what about those moments of, if I feel rejected, this is what I know to go to. Like, how how are you supporting that part? Um, right. Even as a single parent, you don't, you don't hear much about, you don't hear really anything about um, a single parent's ministry. So, so it's challenging to have resources in the church but they don't but if i for me i can't i can't have a married pastor counsel me in singleness because you never walked that path before and i would Mm -hmm. say this right here if you were if you're a 60 year old and you're talking to me as a 38 year old about single parenting i feel like because it's so many different so many generations ago it's not the same i don't mm-hmm. i'm not saying that well i will say i do feel like our our generation is harder to raise kids because it's so many obstacles now not saying that it was easier back then but i do feel like it's more challenging um we have social media we have bullying is at an all-time high the pandemic mm-hmm peer pressure so so many things so um mm-hmm. i do feel like the platform that you're providing right now it is a huge help because number one as a single parent a lot of times we feel alone right and it's hard for it's hard for people to relate so even though i have my challenges you have you probably have totally different challenges and it will probably break my heart to hear so i can't say that my level of singleness is harder than yours i think it's all hard but at the end of the day right we are here to we are here to help others um through that journey i see oh you're doing math okay well do it go for it buddy Okay. Okay. Amazing. There you go. All right, ma'am. And I'm back. So one of the things that I agree with that you said is that it's, um, we are single parents. Yes. But our journey and our life stories are so different Mm -hmm. and our experiences and even our challenges are different. And so, you know, we can be support for each other because there's an unknown or an unspoken, like, I see you and I know, you know, the challenges you go through. Um, But I don't, you know, I'm not fully walking in some of what you're experiencing. So I understand that. I get that. And then when it comes to the church as well, gosh, um, at one point we did have a single parents ministry. Yep. But... What it was, was, okay, we just want to relieve you from parenting so you can bring your kids and we'll do movie night. 
you know, so it was like, like things like that, but never the conversations of I'm struggling trying to raise these kids. Like I, I just like, I need a babysitter. There's no, I don't have a community. I don't have a village right. or um, financially it's overwhelming or I'm just tired. I am just tired or I'm dealing with my, the father of my children and I don't know how to deal with him. I don't know how to co-parent. Like where are the people that are there to kind of help me understand that or, or navigate that or because you're walking through something similar, at least you can be a listening ear of support. And that's really one of the reasons why I came up, not only the Facebook group, which we're not as active in there, um, but, you know, for me to have this podcast and for me to just yeah. talk about it is because not a lot of people do. Not a lot of people do when they talk about the realness of what we experience. You know, they want to offer just a Band-Aid. Just a Band-Aid, you know, absolutely. Part, right. Part of us, yeah, we do need breaks, but then maybe we need, um, we, we might need, we need counseling in certain areas. We might need you to help us with the mindset shift, or there might've been stuff that we just tucked away. Um, but I know one of the things that you were talking about is um, the church and how back in the day, what they provided for single moms worked during mm-hmm. that time. And one of the things that you were saying, Akima, you were saying that now as we have kind of progressed, we're starting to see, wait a minute, I, I'm still having, I'm still struggling. I'm still having issues. So that's where you were. Um, and I didn't know if you had any other insight you wanted to share in regards to that. Yeah. So even in the moments of recognizing, and I think, I think it just all depends on your spiritual journey because a lot of times we think once we got the divorce the healing is done Mm. but i but i feel like because me personally i yearn more for god i want to i want to know more i don't want just the surface go to church on sunday maybe sometimes bible study and that's it Mm -hmm. there's there's more I feel like that's what that's what wakens our spirits up to say there's more. Mm-hmm. There's more healing that needs to be done. If you truly want um, what God wants for you, then you will seek him more. And because you will seek him more, then you will continue to die to self and live for God. So, so for me because I choose to die to myself daily. I'm my eyes are opening. It's like the veil is um uncovered. Mm-hmm. So things that maybe we've seen our grandparents go through and endure but they've been married for 50 plus years that was toxic, mm-hmm. but because that was all they knew, they stayed with it. Right. So I so even so in those so in that moment my prayers becomes okay God I need I need a good village um not just for my kids but for myself I need a sisterhood that will hold me accountable not just a friend where we just sit around and gossip and we do nothing I want I want a village where I can grow mm-hmm. and I can thrive and I can uplift other sisters and I can pray for other sisters and people that may not be in my circle. I can be a blessing to them the way that people were a blessing to me mm-hmm. in my challenging moments. That's so good. I, so I know that is, that is what the church is missing, but because a lot of times I feel like, um, a single parents are not necessarily heard because we're not married. Mm-hmm. then um, it's hard for them to get it. But I, so that's why I feel like even on Facebook, um, the Bible says your tread where you're, what, what I'm trying to figure out the exact words where you're basically where your tread, you'll see, you know, where a person's treasure is. If you look at their bank account, right. if you look at their social media, so if you look at my social media, it is all about my kids, my transparency, mm-hmm. 
and exercising. Mm-hmm. That's it. So because so because you see that you you should already know what my passions are. So doing that, you would be. I could only imagine how many women have reached out to you, asking for prayer, asking for resources or whatever because of your openness about your situations. Mm-hmm. Because honestly, that has been the thing. That has been the thing for me. So, um, right. Because my God, and what you said, like, um, which was to me profound that because we're single parents and in relation to the church, but I think just maybe in general, that maybe our voices are not heard. Maybe we don't seem as if we are, um, the loudest or the go-to, you know what I mean? There's a certain perception Mm -hmm. about single parents, um, that I've addressed, um, in a previous episode um, where we are considered more less than or maybe not fully equipped because that's just the way that society or world views us. But for you to say that um, our voices are not heard, um, that really resonates with me. And I think that's really one of the reasons, Akima, why um, I wanted you on here because you really talk about the things that might not be so pleasant, you know what I mean? Like you post about your struggles and, you know, it's, 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 it's you posting, but not putting um, a bow on the end. You're like, no, like mm-hmm. this is the challenge. I'm struggling here. And you put it out there because I think people need to know that um, everything's not always rainbows and sunshine. And unfortunately for Facebook and any social media, we always want to present our best selves while at home we're suffering, you know, right. we're suffering in silence and we don't want people to open up that closet and see the skeletons. But as single parents, if we really become transparent and open about the struggles and the things that we're dealing with, then like you said, you have people that come and, you know, I need prayer. I need assistance. I know exactly what you're going through, Akima, you know, that they can relate. And then they can feel like, okay, well, I'm not by myself. And that's the same for me. I don't want anybody to feel as if they're by themselves. We're single parents anyways, single, like we're parenting alone. And this world puts us in a silo where we're even more kind of in this aloneness. So um, I think that it's just key for us to be able to talk about our journey our healing process, our struggles currently, the lessons that we learn so other single parents can feel as if they can talk about that and be open about it too. And not to say that all single parents are struggling or, I mean, everybody struggles at a certain level, but Mm -hmm. the mindset of single mom, struggle, promiscuous, destitute, whatever negative word you want, that is no longer acceptable valid or truthful. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Not one size fits all. There are single Mm -hmm. parents that are millionaires that are living their best life and they're healthy. Their children are healthy. You know, I'm, I'm more healthy as a single parent raising my children than I ever was as being married, raising my Mm -hmm. children. And you can attest to that as well. I bet. Um, so let me ask you a question. What was your healing journey? So what was your healing journey like? And do you still feel as if you're in a healing journey from the process of um, going through the divorce, separating yourself from being married to now being single? And how is that working for you with having to parent? My God, that those are some great questions. <laughs> so let me. OK, so help help me stay on track. OK, Um. How was my journey? So um, in marriage, one of the things that I have identified with was when when you marry, when you before you get married, if you don't have wise counsel or you don't or you don't understand the fullness of marriage, that's a challenge because a lot of times we perform Mm -hmm. and I definitely 
put on a performance of, yes, I am submissive. I will do this. I will do that. I will do that. I will do this to my then husband. But like the real me started coming out. Like um, Mm -hmm. I wasn't the cleanest. I mean, I wasn't bad with it, but I wasn't the cleanest. I, I was single for a very long time before I got married. So if I didn't feel like he was making a wise choice um, with a lot of things, I did my own thing because, because business needed to be handled. Mm -hmm. So it was so because I spent all of my life performing and making myself look perfect, making Mm -hmm. the marriage look perfect, making the kids look perfect. It, it made me realize I don't know who I am. Mm. So the number one thing was identifying who I was. Um, I've heard my ex-husband say very negative things about me, um, about him telling, and I mean, like it was outlandish lies, like, oh, she's fat. That was, that was laughable because, Mm -hmm. um, I've I've never I've never been that and to say that about somebody that's extremely hurtful. Um he made he made it seem like to other people that I was the abuser and not him. So all of those lies that he that I heard him say to other people and say to me, mm-hmm. I had to number one get that to get that out of my get that out of my whole being. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to, I had to not even reintroduce myself to me. I had to find me. Mm-hmm. And one of the things as, a, even as a wife, I lost myself to like the things that I like doing before then. Um, I think some of us used to, we didn't necessarily go together. We used to love thrift shopping. Do you remember that? I never did, but I I know that okay. some of y'all did. Yep, I remember that. But yeah, it was a it was a lot of us that used to love thrift shopping. Um, I didn't do that anymore. Um, I used to get my hair done. I didn't do that anymore. Um, mm-hmm. it was so many things I used to do and I didn't do. Mm-hmm. So, um, I want to say the last two and a half years. I have been very solid about self-care because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not going to be the best mother to any of your kids. You're not going to be the best employee to anybody. You're not even going to give God your best. Right. So, so it took me to like really set a budget for me. Like I have now, this is the hairstyle that I have been wearing for over two years. But I had, but it is a must that I go get my hair done every two weeks, mm-hmm. and I'm okay with it because mm-hmm. it's me investing in myself. Mm-hmm. If I don't exercise, I am not good with the world. Mm-hmm. So, like if I if I yell at somebody or if I have an attitude, ten times out of ten, I have not been working out. Mm-hmm. And the other thing, I, I love getting my nails done. So in all of that, I would definitely say we have to find our outlet. What is your outlet? You have to have an outlet as mm-hmm. a single parent. Whatever it is, it can it can be the weirdest thing of just sitting in your car for an hour just to detox. If that's your thing, that's your thing. If reading is your thing, cool. If walking is your thing, cool. Mm-hmm. But it's so important that we find that outlet. Now, do I feel like um, my journey to healing um, has been completed? Yes, absolutely. And the reason why I say that is because I choose to be open. I choose... I. I'm okay with God exposing those things that need to be exposed because right. I want to be a better me. I don't want my daughter to make the same mistakes I made. I don't want my boys to feel like this is because this is what my daddy did. This is how I'm supposed to treat women. Right. I don't I don't want that to happen. So I'm okay with um, making a mistake and 
looking my daughter in the eye and apologizing to mm-hmm. my daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm totally okay with that. Absolutely okay. Did you feel like you struggled during the, the process of healing, being a parent to your kids? Like that in between, you know, divorce happened, husband's no longer in the picture, you're having to pick up the pieces, but your kids still need you. What did that I look don't like feel, for you? I don't feel like I struggled because I was open to any type of resource. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, because you're the sole provider, like you don't have any sick days, you don't have any vacation time, right? right. None of that. Um, one of the things I used to say, um, and I still say sometimes. Um, now, my my ex husband no longer lives in the state. Um, since we've separated on four to five different occasions, he has he has left the state um, with little to no support at all. I couldn't tell you the last time I received financial support from him, mm-hmm. but um, in the but in those times, um, there have been moments where it would be hard. However, because I knew this is what this is what I'm supposed to do, I'm okay with it, and. Mm-hmm. I've, I can I can honestly say I've never been burnt out because I I want to do I want to make it right. So I never so even when people say I need to take a break from my kids, mm-hmm. it's hard to. But when I have those moments, oh, I remember what I was going to say. Sorry. So what I was one of the I used to say one of the benefits of divorce is the um bi-weekly visitation so married people don't necessarily get a break from their kids but when he was in town i was able to get a break Mm -hmm. but now that he's no longer here it's like okay it's all on me so how can i make this creative how can i make this right um there were moments where i did have to work two jobs because uh the struggle was real financially mm-hmm. and um i worked two jobs for almost two years and um god really made me quit my part-time job and i didn't understand why mm-hmm. but the beauty in all of that because i quit that job i was able to identify that my then three-year-old was operating as a two-year-old. Mm-hmm. And if I was still working that job, I wouldn't have saw that. Right. Um, if I was still working um, that second job, I wouldn't have saw that my, uh, that my son possibly had a learning disability. Had I still worked that second job, I wouldn't have saw um, my daughter not that my daughter suffering silently mm-hmm. from past trauma. Mm-hmm. So in all of so in all of that is just so important that we take a moment to ask ourselves to just pause and observe our kids or to just take a moment and talk to them because right. the business of life will just keep us going, going, going. But when do we stop? Right. When do we hug our kids? When do we have intentional conversations with our kids? And that's a part of um, the journey of healing as well, because not only are you healing, your children Mm -hmm. have to heal because the dynamic of the family has changed and shifted. And yeah, Mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer, you know, I mean, we do what we must in order to provide for our family and financially provide but those moments, like you mentioned, is fl- of slowing down and listening to your kids. And, you know, I picture it like the mother hen grabs her chicks under the wings and we kind of um, hold ourselves mm-hmm. together. And, you know, we've had moments like that as well. And I'm just like you, Akima, when it comes to me really now, now that I don't have to deal with um, abuse. And when I say abuse, mine was more emotional and 
gosh, how am I going to make this marriage work? And what is he doing? And what is he not doing? Now that I don't have to focus on that and, and losing myself in a person, I can focus on my children. You know what I mean? I As yeah. a single parent, because it's just the three of us. Now I can understand what is the needs for my son? Like you said, recognizing things. What are the needs yeah. for my daughter? Recognizing that, mm-hmm. recognizing their personality, recognizing the, the great parts of them and trying to help them pull that out. Um, right. and, and, and giving them that love, because I think, you know, mm-hmm. and depending on the ages of your children. So my kids were three and five when, uh, we went through a divorce, but it affected Isaiah, who's the oldest, the most, um, but understanding, okay, well, let me help him process through this. You know what I mean? And, and yeah. so that's what I hear that you're, that, that I say you're, you're doing, and then another thing that um, I hear is that for you, it was, you know what, these are the, this is the circumstance, but all things work together for good. These Absolutely. are the circumstances, but I'm resilient enough to know I'm not going to break down. I've just got to keep moving forward. And I think, you know, that speaks a lot to what you're able to accomplish and what you've been able to accomplish because you have not dwelt on or sat in a situation. Maybe you've recognized this is hard. You know, this particular moment in life, this situation is a struggle. But for you, and this is what I've observed, like you've moved forward. You, your level of resiliency is, I don't want to say is high, but it's very noticeable. Like you're very resilient as a person. I won't, I don't want to say that you're resilient as a single mother. I say you're resilient as a person, um, just I've based on, it. you know, everything that you've gone through and, um, and it's a journey. It's a, it's a challenge of single parents, but the, one of the things that I've seen that you've done is to be able to give back, right? So mm-hmm. you started a whole bike club riding bikes and I call it a bike club, but just just you being able to do that and to be able to bring out other people along and not just dwell on yourself and your family dynamic, but to be able to reach out to other kids and other um, people and build community around that. Talk more about mm-hmm. that because I think that's amazing. That is something that, that you're, you've done that I think is just amazing and it's worth kind of even mentioning. Oh, well, thank you. So the bike ministry that started in the beginning of the pandemic because the gyms were closed and what I was not going to do was not work out because Mm -hmm. I know how I am when I don't work out. Um, I remember when I was married, I wanted to get a bike, but because I put everything first and me last, I never got one. Um, I've, I was like, what are my other options? And I get a bike, got a bike, got one for all of my kids, got a bike trailer. And I started posting on Facebook Mm -hmm. because I started posting on Facebook. Few other people wanted bikes. So I purchased bikes for them. And then I purchased some additional bikes for myself. Um, Just for those people that say, oh, I want to join you, but I don't have a bike. Ha. No excuses. I have a bike for you. Right. So it was a lot of people that benefited from that. Um, and th- that's just one. That's just something that my kids love doing. Even right now, my daughter don't love riding bikes, but she loves repairing bikes. So she works at a um, bike shop repairing bikes. Mm-hmm. So. Um, now we're at a standstill right now, of course, because it's cold and because work has picked back up now. My life isn't as um, easy to just do bike rides, but it is definitely going to be revamped this spring. So good because it's 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 still popular. Um, it's still a great outlet, and it's just, it's something. Even though. I, I'm at a season right now that I can't afford to take my kids on vacation, but right. I can take them on experiences. Right, right. So to have that bike riding experience, that's great. One of the things that my older son, Judah, looks forward to when it's warm outside is if I have a good week on Friday, 
I get to ride my bike to school. So that's a mommy and Judah thing on Fridays. He knows that he gets to ride his bike to school on Fridays. And he is so excited and he has the best day ever on Fridays. I love it. Um, The fact that my daughter absolutely loves repairing bikes, but don't particularly care to ride bikes. Of course, I don't care to ride a bike. She has a license right now, so... Right. She don't care. No, like I would, I wouldn't either. Right. But I, I get it. But it, but it is a, it is a great ministry. My prayer is that it turns into an outreach to just bring families together Mm -hmm. for families that may not have the resources to purchase bikes but they get to do something together. They can just imagine 10 years from now, kids said, remember when you used to take us on bike rides? Like that used to be the greatest thing. Right. Right. I used to um, keep my bike rack on my car just to say, you know, I remember looking at people with bike racks and thinking, oh, they must make this amount of money. I used to keep my bike rack on my car because I felt like I was in a different tax bracket. Wow. Yeah. Just saying, hey, listen, you got you got to speak those things as though they were. Right. So you have to operate as though they were. I definitely um, feel like we scratched the surface just talking about your story. So if you're open to get coming back on and talking more about just parenting in general and even parenting with kids um, that have special needs and how does that how are you navigating that as a single parent? So I would love to bring you on and talk about that because that's a whole other dynamic um, that we can definitely explore. But I appreciate you, Akima. I appreciate you coming on, sharing your story. Um, If, if you're okay, how can people connect with you, especially those that might be interested in the ministry that you have with bikes or just any other single mom that feels like they felt connected with you, with you sharing your story? What's the best way that they can connect with you? The best way would be through Facebook. Um, just my name, Akima Robertson, um, A-K-E-E-M-A, last name Robertson, R-O-B-E-R-S-O-N. That's where I put my whole life. So, um I would definitely say Facebook and I'll just be posting about my kids and God, my job and working out. (laughs) I love it. I love it. So with anybody that's listening right now, if you feel like Akima's story resonated with you, if you want to connect with her, if you love her bike ministry idea, um, if you're in the Greenville area, Greenville, South Carolina, you want to connect with her in the spring, um, definitely do so. She sent gave her um, Facebook handle. And um, Akima, before we leave, I just want to say a quick prayer because I feel like okay. uh, what you shared is is amazing, but I definitely want to just close in prayer to cover any single mom that might be struggling or somebody that might be in the marriage that is going to be a divorce and they don't mm-hmm. know how to process through that. So right. um, I'm going to pray and then I'll, I'll let you close out. And a short prayer. So after I pray just a little bit, if you want to pray, and then we will close out. So um, God, I just thank you today for just the opportunity to talk about single parent life, talk about the process of healing and being very open and honest and transparent about our stories, because we know that there are other people out there that might feel as if they're by themselves and struggling, Lord God. And so we want to be able to be a beacon of light for them. We pray Mm -hmm. blessings over them, Lord God, that to let them know that they're seen, they're heard, that they're not alone and that there is life on the other side of divorce. There is life in the middle of being a single parent that is not all that they have to be, but they can definitely live a life that is thriving, not only for themselves and for their children. So God, I just thank you for this opportunity. And I just thank you for Akima in Jesus name and Akima on to you. Yes. And father, we thank you for this platform that you have blessed us with God. There's so many times that we feel as as single parents that we're not heard and we're alone, God. We thank you, O oh Father, for platforms such as Janine has, God. We thank you for 
her using her platform to be a blessing to other single parents, God. We thank you, Father, that her platform will increase, oh God. I thank you that the right ears will hear it, God. And I thank you that those ears will send the same, will deliver the same message to others, oh God. I thank you, Father, that we will not be, we will choose to not be stuck in the mindset of it's okay to continue to struggle. I thank you, oh Father, that we will have the mindset to thrive, oh God. I thank you, Father, that as we go on this year, that visions and dreams will come to life, God. Give us revelations in the areas that we need revelation in, oh God. We thank you. We love you. We honor you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you again, Akima, for anybody that's listening. Um, definitely follow me on social media. Um, all handles are Janine Elizabeth. And make sure that you subscribe to Candidly Single Moms. So you have to like it, you have to subscribe it, and you have to share it. So that is your homework. And until next time, you all have a great day, evening, afternoon, wherever you are in the world, whatever time it is in the world. And we'll talk later. Thank you. Thank you.